Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Man, well, how's everybody doing today? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'm so glad that you guys are alive. And those of you that are watching online, I hope you guys are doing great as well. Say hi in the chat. Let us know you're watching, where you're watching from. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. Well, man, I'm, I'm grateful to be back. But I also, man, just want to give it up for our, our Hearing Voices series and all of those that, that brought a powerful word over the last four weeks. Can we give them a hand clap? Let them know we're grateful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I was not with you three out of the last four weeks, one of which was for a ministry uh, meeting that I had and two of which was for vacation. Um, but man, I got to watch and participate online and see the amazing things that happened. Last Sunday, uh, man, a bucket and some rags, right? Wasn't that powerful? What a powerful service. And God is doing some amazing things in our youth ministry. By the way, that's a plug. If your kids are not, your, your middle school and high school kids are not in youth group, they need to check us out Friday nights at uh, 6.30. Friday nights at 6.30. So that's that. Hey, want to uh, start a brand new series today. I'm excited about this. And, and we're launching this brand new series. Um, and, and it's based on something that I've done the last couple of years. Two years ago, I did it through the book of James. I, I took a, a book and I just preached through it. And last year, I went through the book of Colossians, preached through that in the summer. And, and this year, I'm going to do it again with another one of Paul's letters, Paul's letters to a church. And you see, Paul, he would write these letters and we would sometimes call them epistles or we would call them books. But these are uh, books like Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, all of these that were written by Paul to communicate with the church, but ultimately with us. That's, that's why he wrote them. Um, well, maybe he didn't know it at the time when he wrote them, but it's God's word inspired to, to minister and, and speak to us. And I want to preach through one of those books. I want to preach through the book of Philippians. So the letter to the Philippians is four chapters. It's short. And uh, it would be easy for you to get involved in it. And I hope that you've already started looking into it and reading, reading through it. In fact, if you got my email this week, which I send it out every Friday, uh, you would know that you should have pre-read Philippians 1. If you didn't, then get signed up to our email or check your spam because you might not be getting your email because of that. But Philippians, man, what a powerful book in the Bible. Philippians chapter 1 is one of those famous verses. Uh, for me to live is Christ to die is gain. You've probably heard that before. Philippians chapter 2, he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or, or vain conceit, but with humility regard one another as more important than yourselves. Philippians 3, he says, brothers, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward towards what is ahead, what lies ahead. That's, that's Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And then Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, 4, actually, yeah, I'll start at verse 6, but it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it continues on by saying, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then probably the one that is the most famous in Philippians is the one that you have heard, seen on the back of t-shirts, you've tattooed it on your shoulders, or uh, you, 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 you wear it on your wrist. Philippians 4.13. What is that? I can do 
all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? So we're going to be preaching through Philippians, one chapter at a time, and just kind of covering some of that for the next four weeks. And I'm excited that you're here today, and I hope and I pray that you'll continue to commit to pre, uh, pre-read and, and, and be here and be um, active in these services as we do this. Before I get into the Word, though, let me ask this question. Have you ever prayed for something, and uh, you prayed for it, God answered it, and then you forgot about it? Anybody like that? Anybody, you prayed for something, God answered it, and you forgot about it. Like, you, you almost just kind of were like taking for granted what God has done for you. I know that I have. In fact, while we were on vacation, we saw a young mom uh, that, that we knew of and, and uh, that we had been praying for. In fact, she's my sister-in-law's sister. She's a single mom, and she was adopting. She's adopting a little girl, and, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the adoption process, she was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. Her name was Chelsea, and our prayer team began to pray for Chelsea, and, and, and we were praying for complete and total healing. And, and two weeks ago, I'm sitting in a church service with my brother and sister-in-law, and, and there in the service, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that there's a girl in front of me and she's got short hair and and I kind of recognize her and I say hi to her and I know who she is I know the affiliation she's my sister-in-law's sister only to remember like just just kind of like passingly like hey how are you nice to see you you know but that's it only to realize later on in the week like it hit me like a, a a brick load on my head like this is the girl, this is, you were sitting behind a literal miracle. You were sitting behind an absolute answer to prayer. This girl was completely healed uh, a, a while ago. And, and you're literally barely even acknowledging that she's here. You know, that, that, that you, who she is. I do that sometimes. I don't know if you do that sometimes. But today we're going to talk about answers to prayer, answered prayers. And uh, we just want to see this. In fact, I think we have a picture of Chelsea and, and uh, her family. So my brother-in-law is the one on the far left, and uh, his wife is Abby. But the girl in the middle, that is Chelsea, and uh, that is her newly adopted. In fact, in the adoption process, it kind of got he- held up because of health reasons. But just that next Friday, she adopted her baby, beautiful baby daughter, uh, Geneva. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's give God praise for that. But I've been convicted by that over the last couple of days, just that, that sometimes we pray for things, we ask God to do things, we get our prayer ministries around them. We, we were even sending her cards and, and doing all kinds of things just to, to encourage her and to uplift her, not knowing what the outcome would be and how God would answer prayer. And here she is sitting in front of me and I barely even acknowledge what God has done. Philippians chapter 1 is our text today. Philippians 1, starting at verse 2. And this is what it says, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. As we read through this text, I'm going to kind of give you the points that you can fill out and follow along with on, the, on your worship guide. And the first point is, is that He is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. This was the, the, the verse that I uh, read to my daughter in, in the, her graduation ceremony when they gave us the opportunity at her homeschool graduation to, to share a word for her. But 
my daughter, I, I, uh, by the way, she in the room, is that you, Emily, right there? She's 18 today. Can we give my daughter a round of applause? 18, 18 years ago, my life was forever changed by a little four-pound, 11-ounce sack of sugar. Uh, she's not that anymore. But uh, that's the word that I gave for her. For I know the plan, or no, <laughs> for I know the plan, that's another verse. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it, to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He is not finished with us. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with me. And, and as I keep reading, I, I just want to uh, uh, kind of, as I say, highlight some of the, the other things that stand out to me. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. In other words, and this is the second point, in other words, let your love grow deeper. Let your love go deeper. Oftentimes, here's what we're doing. It's kind of like when you go to the beach, or at least for my girls, when they go to the beach, they like to st stick their toes in the water, but they're afraid to go deeper into the water. Why? Because they think there's stuff out there. You know what I do? I love to get in the water. Why? Because I know there's stuff out there. Like, and, and it's more than sharks. Everybody's always worried about sharks, but like that's the one fish, but there's thousands of other types of wildlife out there. So stop just sticking your toe in the water and go deeper with God. Go deeper with what it is that God wants to do in your life because you're missing out when you just kind of say, you know what, I just want a little bit of God. I just, I just want a little dip of what it is that God has for me. He says, let your love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Then he says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear through the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So he's saying it's because of my chains, and we're going to talk more about that in just a minute, where he is. It is true, verse 15, that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. And then he says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Your third point this morning, the third thing that you would fill in the blank if you're taking notes is, is that you need to let the gospel speak. Here's what Paul is saying here. He's, he's saying, yes, it's true that there are people, he's getting the rumors, words getting back to him, that there are people that are preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry, while others are out of goodwill. Some do it out of love, 
knowing that I'm here for the defense of the gospel while others do it out of selfish ambition. But Paul says, who cares how they or why they do it? Who cares the reason behind what they're doing? As long as the gospel is preached, that's the most important thing. That's the main thing. You see, Paul is more agitated when the gospel is defective than when the people who teach the true gospel are defective. In other words, there might be people in the room or in, 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 in his ministry, in his circle, that would be standing up here and, and, and looking the part, playing the part, looking like they have everything together, but yet they're preaching the wrong gospel. They're preaching a message that's not Christ crucified. It's not the blood of Christ. It's not you're saved by grace through faith. It's, it's, they're preaching this even though they looked apart. And he's saying, man, I, that's not okay with me. But if you're preaching and, and maybe you've got the wrong attitude, but the right message, and it's Christ crucified and, and me justified and all of that, if it's the right gospel, then what does it matter? To, what difference does it make as long as Christ is preached? You see, you've got to let the gospel speak for itself. You don't have to defend the gospel. You don't have to stand for the gospel. You just allow the gospel to speak for itself. God can override prison and poor motives to advance his course. He valued the truth of the gospel even more highly than you would the attitudes and motives of those who preach it. In other words, I, I care more about the message than the messenger. Amen? I care more about that person, and, and, I mean, that, that, what they're saying than who they are. Why? Because the gospel is powerful in and of itself. He says, so yes, and I will continue to rejoice, verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly hope and ex expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul knowing that he might be near death. Paul knowing that he doesn't know what's going to happen in that prison or what's going to be the outcome of the, the judgment that's upon him. But he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I don't know if that's your prayer today. I don't know if that's your promise today. But you need to learn that to live is Christ. This is that opportunity I have. Whether I'm in chains or where, no matter where I am, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says in verse 22, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn to, between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and I see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Your fourth point, the fourth thing that you're, you're getting from this that I want you to get from this this morning is, is to stand firm in one spirit. In spite of what's going on around you, in spite of the, 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 the message or the messengers or the things that are happening, you need to learn how to stand firm in one spirit. 
What happens in the church sometimes? Division, right? What happens in, 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 in the body of Christ sometimes? People try to, to, to cut themselves apart or, or cut someone off, but that's not the way the, the body of Christ was created, right? I mean, he, Paul talks about this one body with many parts, and the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The eye can't say to the mouth, I don't need you. Just because you're not the, the mouth doesn't mean that I don't need you. We have to be in one spirit. We, we may be different parts, but we've got to be one spirit. God is calling us to be that as the church. That's how we're going to reach our city. That's how we're going to reach our, 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 our community is by being one in spirit. Because the enemy's goal is to divide. He's, his, his tactic is divide and conquer, right? That's an that's a, a enemy tactic to, to separate you from the crowd, to separate you from the pack. And if he can separate you like a lion attacking a gazelle, the, the, the wounded gazelle, if he gets you aside, he doesn't care about the rest of the animals because he can only eat one. So he's going to divide and take away, separate you to ultimately try to devour you. We've got to be one in spirit. So stop dividing and stop finding all the things that make us different and, and be united and allow our, our love to get deeper and let the gospel speak and stand firm in one spirit as one body made up of many parts. You know, the, the, the work in Philippi, Paul's writing to the Philippians, but to give you a little bit of context for this book, Paul is in, in Acts, he's, you know, he's been converted in Acts chapter 9, I think it is, and, and he's now like this amazing missionary wrote a third of the, the New Testament, maybe even half of the New Testament. And uh, he's led by the Spirit everywhere he goes. And in Acts 16, the Spirit stops him from going to Asia. You can read this for yourself. Until he gets this vision of a man of Macedonia, begging him to come to Macedonia to help them. And so he ends up in the city of Philippi. His starting work in this, this, this city of Philippi was at a river with some women at a place of prayer, and this lady that was converted, that, that, her name was Lydia, and she was a dealer in purple cloth, and they say that means she was wealthy. I don't really know all of that, but that's who she was, and that's what she did, and that's how the work started. But then while Paul was ministering in Philippi, he would, he would travel around, and everywhere he would go, it said that there was this little girl, a slave girl, that had a different kind of spirit, it says. And she would constantly say, these men are the servants of the Most High God, and they are telling you the way to be saved. I mean, everywhere they went, I mean, there wasn't anything incorrect about what she said, but she was just driving Paul crazy. So they would just go do their thing, and this, this girl would say these things, these men are the servants of the Most High God, and they're telling you the way to be saved. And one day Paul gets fed up with it. I don't even know why, but maybe just because of her delivery or, or whatever it was, but Paul gets annoyed by it. He casts the spirit out of her. And because of that, her owners prosecute Paul because they're, they're saying now all of a sudden this girl can no longer make me money. This girl is no value to me anymore because what she was doing was she was doing in the, in the, in, in dark, you know, with, with the dark forces. And so they prosecute them. They're stripped, they're flogged, they're beaten with rods and they're thrown into prison. Paul and, and uh, Timothy, they're put in the inner cell, feet fastened with stocks. They're literally in maximum security prison. But that night, Acts chapter uh, 16, that, that night they're praying and they're singing hymns. 
and uh, it says that there are others that are listening and all of a sudden there's an earthquake and the doors fly open and everyone's chains just become loose that's that's crazy like earthquakes shake stuff but they don't just break chains because chains are pretty powerful right but let me just say this as a side point worship breaks chains amen, amen. so if you're listening to something else in your car change your station change your radio and let's start worshiping because worship breaks chains so this was paul's chance act 16 this was his chance to escape but his escape would have resulted in the jailer's execution the philippian jailer's execution so paul says to him the, the guy's literally about to to kill himself because he thinks he's going to be uh you know executed for losing the the prisoners but paul says no don't don't harm yourself we're all here and the philippian jailer is like wow this is amazing what's going on here and and they say what must i do to be saved it, the 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 verses go on to say that the jailer and all of his household are baptized all of his household are, are saved because of that instance because of that moment because of that that miracle that happened and the way that paul responded to the miracle i'm believing that this letter in philippians chapter one i'm believing that that letter was sent to one of the recipients was the philippian jailer and his family i think lydia was one of the recipients i think some of the other women that were at that river i don't know who all it was but some of those people were there to hear that and, and it all started because of a prison it all started because of of a, a persecution and the things that he went to and so here we find ourselves with paul writing this letter and he's writing it from prison again but he's not in the philippian prison now he's not in the philippian jail you know where he is now he's in roman jail this guy is a a a, a, a convict he's a, he's a he, he's a, a a troublemaker for the gospel everywhere he goes but the crazy thing about this is is paul's prayer throughout the the new testament and in, in acts chapter 19 and romans chapter 1 he, he talks about the fact that he must go to Rome. He wanted to do a missionary journey. He did several different missionary journeys in his ministry, but he never got to Rome on a missionary journey. And he always wanted to. And he finally got, does. And how does he do it? Via prison. Via the, the, the palace prison. The same way that he grew the church in Philippi is the same way that he's going to begin to do another work through Rome and it says and everyone in the palace guard knew that he was in chains for Christ here's what it says in Philippians 1 verse 12 I'm reading this again verse 12 now I want you to know brothers and sisters that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel as a result it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ and because of my chains most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Like, it's, it's because of my chains. It, it happened in Philippi with, with, with the Philippian jailer and the church birthing there, but it's happening here again in Rome. And his missionary journey, his desire, his prayer was to go to Rome, and he never got to Rome in the conventional, traditional way. How did he get to Rome? Via the palace prison. And in the palace prison, he says, it has become clear throughout the palace and to everyone else 
that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's because of my imprisonment. It's because of my persecution that the gospel is spreading. And I need you to understand that, that you may be imprisoned or persecuted or prosecuted, but if you can understand and catch that sometimes it's in that, that the whole palace guard and all the brothers and sisters might be encouraged, be, be strengthened, be challenged, and say, man, if he can do it from there, then I can do it right here. Amen? That's how the mission and the message of the gospel will go. The title of my message this morning is Answered Prayers, and Louis, Luis Palau says there's five ways that God answers prayer. Number one, yes, I never thought you'd ask. Number two, no, I love you too much. It's an answered prayer, but I, I love you too much. I know what you want, and I know that this is your desire, but no, I've got something better for you. Number three, yes, but not yet. Yes, but not yet. You need to wait. You need to trust me in this. And number four, yes, and here's more. I think that's what Chelsea was. I think Chelsea was, we were praying and we were praying for that miracle and we were praying for complete and total healing and, and God heals and, and, and God says, and here's more, here's little Geneva and, and, and the adoption process has been finalized and, and even behind Geneva is Geneva's little baby sister that's coming and, and, and God willing, she will be adopted in the near future as well. Yes, and here's more. But then there's this one here and this is Paul's answer to prayer. Yes, but different than you thought. I know you wanted to get to Rome, Paul. I know you wanted to start the work. I know you wanted to start the ministry in the church, and it was going to be a powerful thing the way you were going to do it. But the way I'm going to do it is going to be even more powerful. The way that I'm going to be able to help you influence the influencers, because you're amongst the whole palace, the, the, the palace guard. And, and in one translation, it, even, it doesn't say the palace guard. It says the palace. Like... They're knowing, those that are, the nobles and the leaders are, are like, wow, who's this crazy guy singing hymns and, and praising God and sharing the message of Jesus in Rome? God answers prayer, but it comes with, in different ways. He might get you to Rome, but it might be via the palace prison. The question is, is are you ready for that? He knows what he's doing. The question is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? He, 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 he's trustworthy and he knows exactly where he's going. He knows exactly what he's doing. But do you trust him? Are you willing to release the grip? Say, God, this is yours. My life is yours to do with it what you want. As we close this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you would, go ahead and stand together with me. And I kind of like jumped over a piece that, that uh, a part in the message that I intentionally left for the end, and it was at the very beginning. And it's the way that Paul greeted the, the people in Philippians. And it's the same way, I think, in Colossians and Ephesians and probably in Galatians and uh, Corinthians. 
he always started his letters with this. He always started with grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he always did that. And, and as I've heard this, I heard a preacher talk about this, that he always started with grace and followed it with peace. Why? Because you don't experience peace without grace. Isn't that good? You don't experience peace without grace. So, so if today you're like, man, I have no peace in my life. My, my, it's chaos. Everywhere I turn, it just feels like nonstop chaos. Then let me ask you something. Have you experienced his grace? Have you experienced his grace? The grace that goes before you, we call that provenient grace. The, the grace that got you where you are today, if you experience that, the, the saving grace, the grace that it saves and, and sets you free, forgives you, for, regardless of the sin that you've committed, the sanctifying grace, the grace that, that not only saves you, but changes you, makes you that new creation that we talk about all the time at Renew Church. Have you experienced His grace? Because if you're, you're struggling with peace, then I'll, I'll just ask you, do you know about the grace? Do you have it? Is it in you? If not, let's start there. Let's begin right there with the grace of God. Saves you, sanctifies you, that sets you free. And then we'll wrap it up with the peace of God that can pass all understanding. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If you would say this morning, Pastor, I need, uh, I'm struggling with peace, but as you describe it, I, I probably need to pray for and experience the grace. And whether it's the grace that saves because you've never began a relationship with him or you need to recommit to a new relationship with him, whatever that is, that, that may be you, or it might be, man, you just, you're just walking around hopeless, feeling like there's just, there's, there's nothing for you. And God's saying, hey, let me give this to you. Let me give you this grace so that you can now experience my peace. If that's you today, I'm going to pray and then give you an opportunity to respond. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for uh, this group of people meeting in person and those online and I thank you for the, the the work that you're doing in hearts and lives I thank you for the way that Paul writes and challenges us thank you for the example of the answer to prayer and how in which he wanted to be in Rome but he got there in a different way I thank you oh God that you hear our prayers that you answer our prayers that you're with us that you never leave us nor forsake us God, for the person in the room right now that's wrestling with peace, God, may they experience your grace. May they be forever impacted by this. May they, they, they go deeper in their, their, their love, abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Stop just sticking your toes in the water. God, I pray that the gospel would just begin to penetrate in every aspect, every part of their life. 
whether they're persecuted or prosecuted or in prison or in pain, God, that they would just say, Jesus, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I trust you. If today, in the sound of my voice, those online and those in the room, if today God's speaking to you and you don't know, the first step is, is to make a declaration that Jesus is Lord. If you don't know him as your personal Savior, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, today can be the day of salvation. Today can be the day that you ask him to come and be with you and be in relationship with you, fellowship with you, to walk with you. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer that goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today, I declare you, you're the Lord of my life, and you're my Savior. Thank you for dying for me, and today I choose to live for you. If that was you, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if that was you today and you said, Pastor, I made that declaration, would you just lift your hand and say, make that, that aware so I know. Praise God for you, sir, in the middle. Praise God. Anybody else? Awesome, awesome. Maybe there's, there's some of you that are dealing with, struggling with this piece that Paul starts the letter with. Let me just pray over this. Father, you know, you know where these, your people are. You know what they're dealing with. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? Just say, Pastor, I need peace. Say, Jesus, I need peace. I see your hand. He sees your hand. God, you know they need peace. Hear and answer prayer, I pray. They've received your grace. Now give them your peace. Touch them, I pray. I thank you, O oh God, for the work that you're doing in hearts and in lives, even now, in the room and online. Work in each and every person so that they would leave different than the way they came. We love you, Lord. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we conclude this uh, service, we're going to sing and we'll have our announcement time, but at the end of the service, our prayer team, some of those same prayer team members that prayed for Chelsea are going to be up here, and they want to pray with you. If you need prayer for any reason at all, right after the service, right when we dismiss, you're going to be a, a time for you to be able to join our prayer team for a, a time of prayer. Let's sing this closing song together.
Lord, well, welcome once again. My name is Pastor Mikey. You may be it. Thank you all for joining us. Welcome back, Pastor Trevor and the Pound family. Can we give it up for the Pound family being back in Miami? We missed you guys. wasn't the same. Um, so just have a few announcements and things I want to keep you all in the loop about. But before I get to that, check out. Hi, my name is Wendy Lopez, and I've been part of the RC Kids ministry for about six months. One of the reasons why I served in the children's ministry is because a few years ago, I had a son who was about nine years old when we arrived at a brand new church, and um, they loved on him. They immediately took him in, and he became part of the children's ministry, children's church, the Karen's group, and he became so involved and um, people invested so much into his life that today he's grown to be a wonderful young man. And he is serving the Lord with his gifts, his talents and his abilities because of what was invested in him. So freely we receive and now I freely give by investing and being part of the kids ministry. But also it's something that is, um, I, I tend to see the bigger picture of things. And I also serve because I see that the children are part of God's heart. And I see how much, I know how much God loves children. So therefore, when I give unto the children and I invest in them, I am loving on God by serving in the children's ministry. So those are the two reasons why serving the children's ministry has completely blessed my life. And I have grown spiritually because of it. And I just love our young children. So thank you for allowing me the privilege to serve in RC Kids ministry here at Ring Church. Wasn't that good? See, Wendy, she gets it. She's living out our strategy here at Renew Church. Our strategy is we want everyone to know God, find freedom, over their purpose, so that they can make a difference. We believe that God has given us all unique gifts and talents that, that he can use to serve his church and to be a blessing to others. And we believe that, that that's for all of us here. There's a spot for you here at Renew Church to, to jump on board, be involved, and be a blessing this church and to this so a, a practical application to what we're saying and to what even wendy was talking about is immediately after the service we have growth track in our connections room just over here in the building over there it's about 20 30 minutes it won't be too long but basically it gives you the opportunity to know a little bit more about renew church to kind of take that next step and say okay what are your mission your vision your values what are your beliefs all of these things who is renew church really at the core and also there's a, a spiritual gifts assessment that you get to take home and do, and it, and it reveals some of the gifts and talents that God has given you. Maybe some you're aware of, maybe some you have no idea, and it can start this, this, this spark of like, man, maybe God is calling me to this thing. And, and you wouldn't have maybe known that if you didn't take that, that time to check out Growth Track. So we just encourage you, go to Growth Track, see what it's all about, and see where God wants to put you and then and help you make a difference at this church. Also coming up on July the 16th, we're having baptism here at church. So if you're new, if you're a new believer, maybe you've just never been baptized, man, we encourage you to, to get baptized. We believe in baptism. Jesus commanded it. And, and really what baptism is, it's, it's a public declaration of a choice that you've made inside. You get down into that water, you're, you're symbolizing that you're dying to your old self. And when you get out, you are raising a new life with Christ and it's public. You want everybody to know you are not ashamed of belonging to Jesus. 
And so that's what it is. So invite your friends and family, if that's you, if you want to get baptized, this is a big deal today that you will never forget. And so if you want to do that, if you're interested, check out our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. There's some more information on what baptism is. Also, there's a link that you can register to let us know that you want to do that or come find a pastor and we would love to talk to you about baptism. Also, our young adults uh, ministry, which is from ages 18 to 30, we're hosting a an Arts Under the Stars night. It's going to be on July the 15th. Um, so if that's you, if you're looking to, to meet some young adults, some Christian young adults, have some fellowship, hang out. We're going to have a little bit of food. It'll be a really fun night. Um, come check us out. On your way out, actually, come. you can find Christina. She'll be at our welcome table to give you some flyers and some more information about that. And lastly, if you want to give to Renew Church, we just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. First way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your peace, God. Lord, I pray that you would bless this offering, God. Use it to continue to build uh, your church, Father, to, to build your kingdom, Father, and continue to do an amazing work, God, here in Miami-Dade County and across the world, Father. I pray that you would bless these people, God, as they give and as they worship you in this way, Father. You know what we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. See you next week.